Yes, we did it. Air horns, yes. And you hear that music in the background. We are the champions. Welcome into the Chiefstone Podcast. I'm Farzine Vesugian. Victory edition, Super Bowl edition of the Chiefstone Podcast. You know, I've I've always wondered if the Chiefs were to ever win a Super Bowl, like what kind of an intro would I put? And I've always had it this way. You know, you have the theme song and then you have it change to we are the champions and that is what you're hearing of course zach is here with me as well as zach Senga. dj evans is out uh we were also we actually had a plan so i apologize it's coming out a couple of days later uh mark centeni was also going to join us as a guest co-host uh but i had to postpone it because i was in no condition at all to do a podcast because i yelled at my tv quite a lot on sunday and therefore my voice was shot uh, it's fairly back now. Hopefully you notice it, or you don't notice it. Maybe you do. Not whatever. Uh, either way, we're doing a podcast now. Uh, Zach is here with me. If you guys want to follow us on social media, Facebook.com/farzivasugian at farzine twenty one. The social media interaction has been awesome on Facebook and on Twitter, especially on Facebook. You guys have been awesome on there. Greatly appreciate all of it. You can follow Zach on Twitter at Z Stenga, and again, I'm on Farzine21, and uh, DJ is at Chiefs Fanchai, uh, not here on this episode, though. Zach, I'd ask how you are, but that'd be a dumb question. I'll say, you already know, Farz. I mean, I've been floating since Sunday night, man. Like, it, it, I know it did, I had mentioned that it didn't really sink in or feel real that we were even in the Super Bowl until Sunday morning. But, man, Sunday morning, I woke up, and it was just like, today's the day. Yeah, game on tonight. And like, honestly, I didn't even really consider the prospect of us losing. I don't know how to how else to describe it. I just knew. I was like, today's the day. We're doing it. We're winning a Super Bowl. And then fast forward, you know, a couple hours to the third quarter, and I'm sitting there. <laughs> uh, I actually, you know, got a text from my coworkers asking, like, dude, what what what's going on here? Like, you know, are your Chiefs really going to choke this away? And I responded, quote, Oh, man. Cautiously optimistic that this is the start of a comeback, but my inner Chiefs fan is just bracing for this to be the latest way the football gods break our hearts. But, you know, fast forward, then another, call it, you know, I guess quarter, basically, and it was just like, oh, man, we're actually doing this. You know, we're going to come back. We're going to win the Super Bowl. And it just, it was amazing, man. Like, life is just better when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. I, I Only mean, way it could I have mean, been the, better is if I could have been in Kansas City to celebrate it. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it was crazy. Uh, I remember as soon as uh, my family and I we watched together. I don't know if you saw on social media of the picture uh, my mom got of my brother. I, either my mom or my brother. I don't know who. Uh, but I got the text from my mom. My brother and I sharing a hug, and I was just in tears. Man, I, I don't cried, blame you, I dude. Not, I, I am not ashamed to to say it, man. I cried. When Damian when Damian Williams ran uh, ran into the end zone for a second, I was like, "Well, first of all, I was I was so caught up, I didn't even realize how close we were to the end zone." And so when Damian Williams outran all the defenders, I was like, "Wait, where exactly is he? The camera is moving too fast. I can't really see the, the the numbers on the field exactly what yard line he's at." And then he's already in the end zone. I was like, "Wait, he just..." scored and we're up by 10 right now they're about to get the pat like yeah i mean that's the game ceiling touchdown right there so it, it took like a, a second or two then i was like wait a minute we, we just won like that's the game right there it's over we won um the like you just said you know the chiefs won the super bowl like to to put those words together in a sentence <laughs> like and have it be you never true. thought we'd ever say that I mean, like, you know, I think we've all said it once or twice before, but, like, to have it actually be factual, that's a nice new trick. The only time I've ever said that in a sentence is when I'm playing my Madden. When my PlayStation 4 is on, yeah, the Chiefs win the the Super Bowl, but... Uh, any any realistic uh, scenarios that 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 those sentences have never uh, been uttered until now, which is... You know, it's crazy. Look, this fan base... Uh, you know, and there have been a lot of talks about how this team is similar to the Royals team because they came back a lot in the years that they uh, were in the postseason in 2014 and 2015. Um, look, man, we deserve this. We really do. Uh, congratulations to, to the team, the the front office, the players, but also the fans or, or the Chiefs kingdom, per se. Uh, 
Um, this fan base has suffered through a lot. And over the years, this fan base has been angry with what's happened, you know, for years. And even with Andy Reid here, there were times where people were saying, there's no way we're going to win. I was saying that earlier this year, in fact. Um, you know, the, On this the very podcast, no less. Yes, exactly. Uh, on the and I've been I, I've been very d- defensive. Uh, I have I've defended Reed a lot over the years. I mean that Titans game for me was like the last straw, and I saw that for a lot of people as well. By the way, it's funny. Uh, I got a couple of tweets after the game, and only a couple too, uh, surprisingly, where people reminded me that I wanted Andy Reed fired. And I, I do you remember the uh, Anchorman uh, moment? Uh, it's a GIF now where. Uh, Will Ferrell's character says, uh, "I'm not even. Uh, I'm not even mad. That's amazing." Yeah. I just respond with that. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm glad I was wrong." And as soon as you say that, they're like, "Oh, we were hoping you would get upset that we reminded you that you were wrong." I'm like, no, I don't. I, nah, I, man, I, like, I, I don't. Especially after we win, like, yeah, you can come at me with the receipts of when I said we were going to lose. You're not going to knock me down a peg. We won. There's no better yeah, feeling in I the mean, world. I mean, I'm happy to be wrong. It's like, I, I think people were hoping for a different reaction that I'd be angry. It's like, nope, I'm, I'm good with it. Uh, I, I mean, you know me, man. Like, I have no problems admitting if I'm wrong about it. I, I'm wrong about a lot of things. Uh, but, you know, over the years, like with Andy Reid, I think there was a question. And for me, this year after that Titans loss, I was like, man, maybe the critics do have a point. Uh, is this really... Just is it just not meant to be? And and now it finally is. I do want to say one thing before we get into the game. I'm seeing a lot of people say that this cemented Andy Reid getting into the Hall of Fame. I disagree. I think Andy Reid was already a Hall of Famer before the Super Bowl, before the postseason even. I just think it would have taken a really, really long time for Andy Reid to get in. Now, some people are saying it's now for sure first ballot. And look, I honestly don't care if someone's a first ballot Hall of Famer or not. There are a lot of great... Everyone that's eligible for the Hall of Fame, they're they're all worthy of it. Uh, you know, they are all they all deserve to be first ballot, but some take longer than... Uh, Derek Thomas took forever. Will Shields took a couple of years. Tony Gonzalez got in right away. So it, it just depends who's voting on when, which years. Um, you know, I, what, what do you think? Do you think this... Uh, guaranteed Andy Reid getting into the Hall of Fame because I think he was already Hall of Famer before this. I think that you absolutely just kind of summed it up perfectly right there where, yes, he was probably going to get into the Hall of Fame, but was he a first ballot guy? Maybe not. Um, I'm a little, uh, I, I mean, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. Like, obviously, don't get me wrong, getting into the Hall of Fame is an amazing accomplishment no matter when you do it. That's entirely true. But I think that there's just something about being the first ballot Hall of Famer where, you know, you're the kind of person who it's anticipated, you know, like when Tony Gonzalez retired, you know, I think there's like a five-year gap from when you retire to when you're eligible for the Hall of Fame, if my memory serves. That number might be a little fuzzy, but in any event, you know, as soon as he retired, you knew it's like, all right, sweet, five years from now, he's in the Hall of Fame. That's just how it's going to be. And I think the minute Andy Reid hangs it up, it's the same way. Uh, And, uh, you know, ultimately, I think that it was, you know, he was definitely going to make it into the Hall of Fame regardless, but this just removed all doubt, uh, you know, because any detractors that may have been there for Andy Reid saying, like, oh, well, he never won a Super Bowl, you know, maybe he's not a Hall of Fame coach. It's like, well, now those people can shut up. Uh, you know, Marty Schottenheimer is now back to being the best coach to never win a Super Bowl. Yeah, and, and you know, it's like, you know, as a Chiefs fan, you were like, you know, is this just bad luck because we have the two best coaches to never win a Super Bowl? Now it's just one with, with Marty. Um, which, by the way, he, he uh, Marty's son Brian, uh, he tweeted out a great photo of the two of them together. Marty's already rocking that the Super Bowl hat, and they just congratulated the Hunt family and the team, which is which is really cool to see. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've said this before on the podcast, and I've said it on social media as well. I, I love history, I really do. Um, which, by the way, Frank Clark rocking the uh, Derek Thomas jersey, and I believe Terrell Suggs did also. Like guys who had no affiliation with this team before this year, both wearing Der- Derek Thomas jerseys at the parade. That was pretty cool to see, and we'll get into the parade later. But um, you know, the the week leading up to the Super Bowl with all the media, uh, radio row. Did you get a chance to listen to a lot of the radio row stuff, Zach? I honestly did. I mean, to be honest, I haven't obviously listened to. Yeah, I mean, I used to listen to like six ten or eight ten on a daily basis when I was in Kansas City, just because I had to drive everywhere. Yeah, because um, it's a driving town. But being here in New York, I obviously walk 
or take the subway most places, so I don't really listen to the radio anymore, you know, Spotify or podcasts or whatever. But uh, I actually, while I was at work, I did turn on the 610 radio uh, coverage for a lot of the week leading up to the Super Bowl and then the last couple days as well, just because, you know, it's one of those ways to kind of like feel like you're back home in a weird kind of way where it's like, yeah, this is the hometown crew talking about the fun stuff that the hometown team did when, you know, it's, I got to tell you, it's a very different experience being one of the fewer people celebrating, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah, what I wouldn't have given to be in Kansas City this week where everybody was just collectively losing their minds. But at the same time, it kind of made me appreciate it in a different way, seeing how, you know, all of these other people around me, you know, just kind of went back to their daily lives. It's like, no, this is special for us. This isn't just for everybody. You 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 felt like you were in a world where the Super Bowl didn't even exist well, for well, a moment a because you had serious interest. But well, not necessarily that because, like, you know, most of the people who I interact with are like, you know, even in my office where, you know, I'm drinking out of my Chiefs mug on a daily basis waiting for my Super Bowl one to come in. Let's be real here. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just even so much just like you're carrying that around the office, like complete strangers would be like, hey, congratulations, man. It's just like, ah. Thanks. You're right. Yeah, I guess I do just represent the <laughs> that kingdom is awesome. here because, like, it, it, and you could tell how like most everybody did appreciate like the fact that for us, you know, this has been a minute, and you know, even in New York, where obviously like they understand what it's like to be long-suffering fans. I know that probably oh, yeah. comes as a shock to some because this is still the town in which the Yankees play, and that's the one fan base that doesn't count for my comment here. But if you look at <laughs> some of the other New York teams around here, man, like talk about long-suffering. I mean. You know, being a Chiefs fan is hard. Being a Knicks fan is futile. So they get it. You know, and I actually want to get into this a little later because uh, I do have like a new mindset as a fan because we won the Super Bowl. I'll get into that shortly. But the the point I wanted to get out with the whole Radio Row stuff, um, you know, I, I, I've been listening to all the stories. I You know, Donovan McNabb, uh, Brett Favre, uh, and, you know, anyone in – Everyone that had any affiliation with Andy, and because Andy Reid's been coaching forever, uh, there were a lot of storylines that the media could have come up with. And they interviewed, Radio Row was so cool because you interview a lot of celebrities as well as a lot of athletes. And maybe some of these athletes have connections to the current players that were part of the Super Bowl from one of the teams. Or maybe even both the teams. Like, for example, Russell Wilson was at Radio Row and, you know, they asked him, you know, what do you think of Richard Sherman? You know, what kind of a leader is he? What What's he going to do for the 49ers and such? Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many great stories out there about Andy Reid and just the kinds of comments people had. And I know Chiefs fans have already echoed this for a while, people saying he deserved it. But to hear his past colleagues, his past players say, look, man, this guy's been coaching forever and has done a great job of it. The only thing he hasn't done is win the Super Bowl. Finally did that. Finally did that. So it's really cool to hear all these stories about Andy Reid and just, uh, you know, people keep saying Andy Reid's a great coach, but an even better person. And that's kind of obvious because we've seen here in Kansas City, we obviously know he gave Michael Vick a chance in Philadelphia. Uh, he gave Tyreek Hill a second chance. Um, now, I understand what Tyreek Hill may have done in 2014 is kind of up for question, but that's not really the time and place to discuss it. My point is, we the Chiefs drafted Tyreek Hill knowing he had done something really terrible, and Andy Reid's giving him the chance. Marcus Peters got in a lot of trouble. Andy Reid still gave, gave him a chance. Um, it, you know, just the kinds of things that he has done for players in the past. And the way he's tried to maximize players to reach their potential. Jamal Charles was a great running back before Andy Reid got here, but he played even way better under Andy Reid. And just the way everyone wants to play for him, it's just really cool hearing all the stories leading up to Super Bowl week, and now all the things that people wished for him finally came true on Sunday. Absolutely. And honestly, that's one of the things that I'm... Obviously, like first and foremost, I am incredibly happy for the city of Kansas City because, again, as our, as our fan base, we've all you know, collectively... Yeah, had the same heartbreaks, man. Uh, we've all been through it, and to finally be at the top, like it's you know, we, we earned it, Chiefs fans. We're here, um, and I, the the thing that I'm second most happy for though is Andy, because like for him, it is a legacy completing thing, if that makes sense. Not legacy defining, but completing. Um, and you know, really, he's the kind of guy. Have you heard anybody, you know, former player, former colleague, ever say a bad word about the guy? Never. I really haven't. 
Like, the only knock I've ever heard on Andy Reid is like, hmm, can he manage the clock at the end of games? And it's always coming from the talking head types. If, like, if that's the worst thing said about you, I mean, that's a great thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess really I think the worst thing that was ever said about him was Keatsman, and we won't talk about him because... Well, you know that's, that's just a dumb thing. I mean... 100%. An, that, but, like, <laughs> that's the only knock that you could find on the guy. By the and, way... I, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say, you know, the year that Keatsman was let go, the the season the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. You know, what if they'd done that sooner? Yeah, we should have done that a long time ago. <laughs> here, I was blaming it on the fact that, like, oh, you know, of course, the year I moved to New York, right? Um, if I come <laughs> back and it fails, I'll obviously relocate on a permanent basis. <laughs> um, but uh, the way I'm looking at it, man, like that's absolutely a better explanation than the one I was using. You know, blame Keatsman. That works. Uh, you, you know, here's the thing. It's like. You're a KU guy, and so am I. You remember Mark Mangino. Like, he won Coach of the Year in 2007, I think. Mm-hmm. And then two the years year later, the yeah, he went to the Orange Bowl. And then two years later, this KU team just collapses, and they're playing terrible. And all of a sudden, all these and stories for come a out. Decades since. Uh, all these stories come out about how, how terrible of a person he is, how he, uh, you know, basically drove players to the ground, basically making them do more than they should have in practice, uh, that it felt like abuse. It's like, wow, where were these stories when he was winning? When Andy Reid had those two bad years in Philadelphia before he got fired, those stories never came out. Like, they still loved him, you know? Sure, maybe some players were frustrated with his coaching style, but not to the point where they felt the need to make it personal or bring up any bad stories because none of those things existed with Andy Reid. So... Um, you know, I remember there's an MMA coach called Robert. Uh, his name is Robert uh, Fallis. Uh, tragic ending for him. Uh, had taken his own life. Uh, the stories that came out about this guy. And MMA is one of those sports where there's always a lot of trash talk. And sometimes the coaches become a part of it. But that guy, no one ever said a bad word about him. And he coached a lot of great fighters. The same thing with Andy Reid, man. Like he's coached a lot of great players, and obviously he's a great coach himself. And even when things got really thick and really rough, no one had anything bad to say about him. That's that's a very in the twenty plus years. And look, you know, sometimes you butt heads and you clash at work. Uh, the NFL is no different, but still, no one's ever had anything negative to say about Andy Reid, which is just remarkable. And can I say one more thing about Andy Reid before I let you kind of chime in on this and respond? Bro, it's your podcast. Because, Say what you want. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Um, the thing about Andy Reid is like, you know, remember when Marcus Peters was acting like a knucklehead and, and, and Travis Kelsey, you know, he had those immature moments. Everyone in the media was asking Andy Reid questions, you know, oh, what do you think of Marcus Peters doing this? What do you think of Travis Kelsey doing this? Andy Reid was so fast to shut down those questions. I remember he once almost went off on the media when Peters, Houston, and Barry, Eric Barry, that is, and Justin Houston, mm-hmm. they were not coming to OTAs, and Andy Reid just kept shutting down those questions. Like, like, what, what, what do you want him to say? He's not going to throw anyone under the bus publicly. If he has an issue with somebody, he'll handle it behind closed doors. He doesn't want that stuff going out in the media, and I think as a as anyone that's played for him, that's something you got to really appreciate about Andy Reid because sometimes these things get out in, in the public and on social media. Andy Reid made sure that stuff stayed behind closed doors. And that's just, realistically, that while it's certainly useful for a football team, that's just good leadership right there. Yeah. Never air, you know, never fight those battles through a proxy, if that makes any sense. In this case, that would be, you know, the third party being the media. Um, And, you know, he's always, you know, rode for his guys, so to speak. And I think that as, as a result, you know, you see the way that they, you know, come to work for him, too. Um, and it's, I mean, realistically, we're just lucky here in KC that, you know, we have a coach who, I mean, really he does kind of fit the way that the city operates too, in so many ways, um, where, you know, he's just a good guy and we, you know, say what you want about Kansas city. I think that there's a reason that we, you know, so embraced those Royals teams because, you know, they did, you know, especially at the front office level, they did seem to genuinely care about the players. Um, and you, you you could see the bond that they all kind of had throughout the organization. And it's the same way here with the Chiefs. Um, you really can see how much they all care about it. Um, and the way that they all kind of embrace the city and the city embraces them back. Um, you know, it's just a unique thing that it's, it's great to see return to Kansas City. Because we, I mean, we haven't always had that. Let's be honest here. Yeah, you're right.
No, it, 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 it's remarkable. It really is. And I want to get into the game. Uh, and I don't have a whole lot to say about the game. Uh, because, obviously, the um, the talking point here is that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. You know, the Chiefs didn't have this big deficit early on like they had uh, in the Titans AFC Championship game. Definitely not even anything remotely close to the Houston Texans game in the divisional round. But uh, th- there was, I mean, the first half, you know, your typical Super Bowl battle. You've got the two best teams, and it's kind of back and forth, tied at 10 at halftime. Okay. All right, we've got a game. Essentially, you could say it's 0-0 going into the second half because, mm-hmm. you know, 0 10-10, 50-50, you have the same amount of points, so it's more about who can score more in the second half. Well, the Chiefs were not scoring at all in the second half, and the 49ers, I mean, they had it their way. And you had the interception from Patrick Mahomes really on a bad pass in the third quarter. Where yeah, the one to Warner could, was a bad throw. I don't yeah, know that, if he and just that was didn't his. See the guy or what? But that's. The, I don't think I've ever seen Mahomes throw an interception like that before, where it's just like, what were you thinking? Like, there's a couple times where you know he'd try to force a throw in, and get burnt for it. But I can't. I don't think I've ever seen him straight misread like that before. Well, a lot of people were saying that's his first career postseason interception and probably the worst interception he's ever thrown. He had another one that he was throwing on a drive that was really well put together, but threw it just a bit behind Tyreek Hill. Uh, Tyreek Hill tried to pull it in, tipped it up, and the 49ers came away with it. And I kind of cringed at that because the 49ers were celebrating. They went to the end zone for that you know traditional defensive celebration where they pose for the camera, which I love those celebrations, but I certainly did not love it in that moment right there. But I tweeted this. I said, look. The Chiefs have faced similar deficits before. Granted, it wasn't against a Super Bowl caliber team. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs. Like I'm not really ready to give up on them just yet. And sure enough, uh, there's this play. Uh, play. I, I guess it's called Wasp. Uh, very similar mm-hmm. play they designed and, and executed very well in that Patriots AFC Championship game last year to start rallying uh, to Sammy Watkins. And then they did it this time to Tyreek Hill where... Uh, they they found a way to get him wide open. So essentially what that is, uh, Travis Kelsey uh, lines up as a slot receiver, makes that stutter move uh, kind of like a medium route, and then you have Sammy Watkins also going for a medium route. He goes up straight for a bit, then he takes a turn uh, to the inside. And then that's when Tyree Kill kind of has this weird cross that's called Wasp that he goes to the outside and because the safety doesn't know which direction to turn, that allows him to go wide open. I, I hope I explained that as clear as possible. Uh, if, if it was a little confusing, I did uh, retweet it uh, on Twitter, so go check that out. It's actually really cool to see how the Chiefs opened that up, and it just really shows how dangerous and how dynamic this Chiefs offense is. But as soon as Pey- uh, uh, I'm about to say Peyton Manning, uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, I mean, they've got similar skills. They've had a lot of comebacks over the years, epic comebacks. Uh, but as soon as Mahomes hit Tyreek Hill with that pass, I thought, okay, this is far from over. Far from over. And obviously, you saw the rest. Trailed by 10, won by 11. I mean, the Chiefs have have had, have trailed by double digits. Obviously, the Texans won, felt like triple digits. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, you trail by double digits in every playoff game, and you still win by double digits. It's like, what does that say about this football team? Like, the... The chemistry, the, the 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 mindset, the skills, and you saw this. Um, you, you saw some stories about this, and you even saw some like inside the NFL show this, where Patrick Mahomes was picking up Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey picked up Sammy Watkins in that uh, Texans game. It's like this Chiefs team. Yeah, sure they were down. It it sucked, but they didn't give up, and that's what I really love about this football team: not giving up until there were zero seconds on the clock, essentially. Well, and I think that you know when you can score as fast as this Chiefs team can, it's a whole lot easier to never really count yourself out. You know, um, ultimately, you know, we were able to. I mean, what was it with like seven minutes left or something like that in the fourth yeah. quarter was when we started this little rally. Yep, um, something like that. Um, I mean, the Chiefs can put up points at absurd rates, and so I mean that also helps when you have you know the cannon arm of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and the blazing fast speed of Tyree Kill to help break things open as well. But, uh, I mean, I just the way that this team, it's just like they lock in once they're down a little bit, and they're like, okay, 
time to go. Like, let's go back to remembering how to how to football, so to speak. Because, um, you know, they'd make boneheaded mistakes at the beginning. I mean, it was just like, you know, against the Texans. It's just like, okay. You know, I know that there's that meme out there where it's, you know, Kelsey and Mahomes talking to each other on the sideline where it's like, all right, all right here's, here's the deal. We're going to spot them 24 points, and then we'll start playing. It'll be hilarious. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, to a point, it almost kind of felt like that. Um, maybe less in the Super Bowl than... Uh, just because we played pretty well out of the gate, then we slowed down a little bit and then picked it up there at the end. Um, I mean, I know the narrative has gone like, you know, three bad quarters of football and then a great fourth quarter, which isn't entirely true. We played two okay quarters, one terrible quarter, and then one really good quarter. Uh, Well, one and a half really bad ones and then half a really good one. But in any event, with Mahomes, we're never out, and that's a beautiful thing. But it's also impressive to see, like, the way that... The defense reacted, you know, with Tyron Matthew on the sideline, you know, was getting after all the guys and just being like, hey, you know, have some pride. We're not done yet. Uh, and the way that, you know, it just kind of the energy kind of fed off itself. You know, the offense went out there, did their thing. Then the defense was able to ride that momentum. And it truly was just a momentum shift. Um, not to borrow from KU again, but, you know, one of the things that has been very typical of KU teams under Bill Self, which has been most of the time that I've been paying attention to them, is they always go on a run. You're not always sure when it's going to happen, but they just go on these ridiculous runs where they can go cold for a couple of minutes, but then next thing you know, it's like a 20-point flip before you even know what happened. And really, that's kind of the way this Chiefs team has been, um, because it's just like they just kind of start rolling, and things just all get better across the board. Uh, defensively, I mean, you know, seeing the way that Chris Jones and Frank Clark started to play, I don't know if it was the fact that the Niners offense got tired or what, but, you know, they all of a sudden made Jimmy Garoppolo look a whole lot more mortal, and that play-action pass was carving us up in the first few quarters. So, man, just a, uh, it, like I said, it's just an amazing feeling to realize, like, yep, we're able to recap this game, and, yeah, it, it's because the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, and everything that we wanted to see come together did uh, but man, I can't remember a feeling much better than when I realized that Williams had broken it around the edge. It's just like, oh, well, that's that then. Yeah, like, that game. Was, <laughs> when that happened, it was just like, all right, game over. Like, yeah, they're done. Put a fork in them. Like, holy cow, we actually did this. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm glad you mentioned Chris Jones because we haven't talked about the defense. I said on Twitter, you know, I thought Damian Williams should have been the MVP. Uh, and I also said, look, you can also make a case for Mahomes as well. Uh, you know, and listen, I, I know at the end of the day, people are saying, oh, it doesn't matter. We're Super Bowl champs. Okay, yeah, I, but come on. Let's be honest. They have the MVP for a reason. Uh, maybe when your team wins the Super Bowl, yeah, sure, it's probably something you care less about because at that point it's just, you know, whichever player gets it and whichever player wins whatever car paid a lot of money for a sponsorship that they award the MVP. But Honestly, or in man. this case, a trip to Disney World, where to be honest, like I don't know why I never, why I used to think this. Just to take a brief aside, yeah, you know, I saw some of the pictures you know going out on Twitter and whatever the following day. I didn't realize that, like you know, when they go to Disney World, like they're there to be the attraction and not actually just to you know do vacationy things. I guess for some reason, my naive self thought that they were out to do vacationy things and you know ride rides and do that whole bit. Nah, dude was like on a float. It's like. He was the entertainment, not so much the, uh, you know, one being entertained, which I guess makes sense in retrospect. But, yeah, anyway, that's my soapbox. I'll get off it. Well, see, I saw a couple pictures. I saw the one with Chewbacca, which, you know, I was a Star Wars fan, and I know you're a big Star Wars fan as well. Yes, sir. I thought that was cool. Um, And then I saw him with Mickey on, on the stage, and they were, you know, dancing, having a good time, and Confetti was flying all over him, so that was great. Uh, but, um. Who did you think the MVP was? Because I thought, you know, I thought it was Damian Williams at first. Then I went and, and I rewatched the game. Man, I have a completely different opinion. It's Chris Jones. And look, defensive linemen hardly get it. Von Miller got it a few years ago when he absolutely deserved it in Super Bowl 50. But if Chris, yeah, I think he had three passes that he uh, batted down. I don't know if they were all in the fourth quarter or not. I think he had two in the fourth quarter, If I, the mm-hmm. ones I can recall right away. But... He if he doesn't bat those passes down, Garoppolo's probably throwing first downs on those passes that Chris Jones basically shut down. If Chris Jones doesn't do that, the 49ers win and they win by double digits. Chris Jones, 
uh, you know, if I could have done a revote, he's my MVP. Yeah, I think that that's one of those things that I mean, I think I, you know, as we were you know texting it uh, during the game as well with DJ, uh, you know, I think I mentioned it's like okay, I know Mahomes is going to get the MVP when we win because yeah, duh. I mean, really, unless he played an absolutely abysmal game and the running game carried him the entire way, like even through the comeback, there's no way to give the MVP to anybody else. Like I think that was just kind of a foregone conclusion, um, just because. I mean, let's be honest. He's the new kind of face. I mean, he's been the face of the franchise, but he's kind of working his way to being the new face of the league. Let's be honest here. I don't say that you know just to kind of puff puff our chests out as Chiefs fans, but like realistically, from a marketing perspective, like they're gonna ride with this. Uh, that's just kind of how it is. And uh, so, with that that in mind, I mean, there was no way it was gonna go to anybody else. Like realistically. But I think that you can make very compelling cases for Damian Williams doing a great job, uh, and especially the way that you know he ran. I mean, while the run that he had to ice the game was a beautiful thing, really where he impressed me more was the number of little you know kind of screens that you know it was called you know third and you know fourteen, fifteen, somewhere thereabouts that I was just like, why are you throwing it behind the line? And then yeah. Damian Williams would go and do Damian Williams things. It's like, oh, all right, well I guess that worked. Um, yeah, you know, still don't always love it when they throw behind the sticks when it's third and fifteen, but whatever, it worked. Yeah. Uh, but like you said on the rewatch, I mean, I think the tough thing is that you know, like you said, defensive linemen never get any love. I mean, I say that yeah. as a former D lineman, like <laughs> lineman as a general rule, like I mean, even more so on the offensive side. Like if you're talking about them, it's almost never good. Which low key, Mitch Schwartz absolutely deserves a shout out there as well. Um, just absolutely amazing throughout the playoffs. I think, it, you know, I forget what stat I saw, but it was something to the effect of, like, you know, he only allowed two hurries through the entire playoffs or something like that, and being matched up against the likes of J.J. Watt and, uh, you know, the revolving door of ridiculous 49ers uh, defensive linemen, because really all four of those guys are great, D. Ford included. Like, he's a darn good pass rusher. Yeah. Um, just, you know, likes to jump a little soon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I loved you had not, to include uh, that. To go on the aside. I, I had to, but I also loved the fact they, that they Kelsey even had mentioned to do it, it too. in the parade. They even mentioned yeah, that it was in the hysterical. Um, I'm willing to bet D Ford's not happy about it. But, no, well, oh God, no. sorry, man, a little uh, bit. But no, you're right. I mean, this is just like. And by the way, you mentioned third and fifteen. Mahomes, his quarterback rating is ninety-five and a half on third and fifteen plays. The league average for quarterbacks is six point four. And Mahomes, uh, 6.4 ever since Mahomes has been in the league, to be clear. Mahomes has a 95.5 quarterback rating. Like, that is insane. And funny enough, the Chiefs have this weird thing where they're great on third and long, but they are they struggle a bit on third and short, which, you know, I suppose, you know, it doesn't matter now. But to do that on third and long, like third and long, a lot of times you just see teams run the football and hope for the best, expecting the worst. But, man, the Chiefs really do come up with these plays in the playbook and find ways to execute on third and long, which is great to see. Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely a testament to the part. Part of it's the fact that you know Andy Reid is certainly creative, um, but then the way that Mahomes, you know, really creatively just kind of adjusts on the fly. Like you know, I think Andy is brilliant when it comes to play design, um, but then when things break, that's when Mahomes is at his best. Honestly, um, they just kind of improvise and make it work. Uh, and, you know, it's often with Mahomes on the run or, you know, getting flushed out of the pocket in some capacity and throwing from some ridiculous arm angle and being able to fling it, you know, down the field the way that very few can. Uh, it's one of those things that realistically, guys, like, you know, it, having this team constructed the way it is, and namely, you know, I think you can, you know, agree with me on this, that there's really kind of three key things you have to have uh, to build a Super Bowl winning team, uh, or three things that it's incredibly difficult to win a Super Bowl without, I should say. Uh, it's been done, but not for a long time. Uh, it's you got to have the quarterback, you got to have the coach, and you got to have some level of stability in the front office. It doesn't necessarily have to be some stud GM, because, I mean, Belichick has been the GM in New England forever, so it's just the stability fact, I think, is what matters there. But realistically, we're pretty well set for the future to be you know in contention now for the next call it knock on wood 10 years as long as Mahomes stays healthy and 
I mean, who knows? Andy Reid might not coach all 10 of those years, let's be realistic, but it's certainly exciting to see that we actually have yeah, the makings of a consistent contender, and it's been a long time since we could say that here in KC. Oh, yeah. I mean, really, it is the quarterback piece. We've had great coaches. We've had pretty solid front office for the most part. I mean, I have my own opinions about Carl Peterson, but uh, then we won't talk about Pioli because yuck. Uh, <laughs> but well, you know, Brett Veach we've never did a had great the quarterback. Job. No, Brett Veach did a great job this year. It's like the, the when. And by the way, you know, I think the Chiefs. Granted, they didn't have. Terrible season-ending injuries. I mean, losing Ogba and Okafor. I mean, that sucked. And I, I, I was a huge fan of those acquisitions. I really was. Um, I, well, I definitely they feel like really the, well. Oh yeah. I mean, the Chiefs definitely robbed the Browns uh, when they gave up what Eric Murray for Ogba. <laughs> Ogba was leading your team in sacks before he got injured. Um, Still funny. So yeah, yeah. I, I was really happy those two guys came over, and you know, hopefully they both come back stronger than ever in rotation with Frank Clark, because Frank Clark obviously evolved as the season went on. Uh, Wasn't you know, Ogba we, just on a one-year deal? Uh, that's actually a good question. I don't know. Uh, in fact, We'll, we'll save that just, for the off-season podcast. Yeah, we're doing that next week. Um, but the thing is, you know, Brett Veach went out there, he got Terrell Suggs. He went out there, he got Mike uh, Pinnell. He got Steven Wisniewski. It's like, he didn't just sit back, and in a year where you had a lot of injuries, and again, granted, none of them were key season-ending injuries, but losing Tyree Kill for five games, losing Patrick Mahomes for two and a half games, uh, I mean, those were, I mean, those are your two best players on this team. Uh, Frank Clark missed a couple of games, uh, and was also kind of slow at times. Uh, Chris Jones had the calf injury. He missed games, but he was like, you know, I'd say he was at 50% for the first half of the year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, dealing with that neck injury. And again, Chris Jones missing that Texans game, and people thought, wow, that could really be the difference maker in the Texans pulling off an upset on the road. And, you know, obviously with the Ravens losing the day before, uh, people wondered if this could really put pressure on the Chiefs without Chris Jones because now you know that the winner of this game hosts the AFC Championship game. So, you know, in a year where you had all these injuries and your GM went out there and still made moves, there's never any excuse nowadays. Like, the Chiefs won. I thought their biggest win of the season, in terms of just overall quality a quality win, was against the Minnesota Vikings. Because that was a really good football team coming into Arrowhead and had the hot hand. And the Chiefs won that football game without their Super Bowl MVP and winning with Matt Moore. Um, I mean, look, Matt Moore outplayed an, a Super Bowl MVP earlier this year in Joe Flacco. Like, if you're a Broncos fan, that had to have been hard to watch. It's like your starting quarterback, who again won a Super Bowl MVP, is getting outplayed by this guy who wasn't even—he was retired the year before. So you, you've got—you know—knock on wood, luck is a part of it. Because if if the Titans don't beat uh, the Ravens, maybe you're playing the AFC Championship on the road. Maybe it's different if the Dolphins don't beat the Patriots in Week 17. Again, maybe things play out differently. Maybe they don't. We don't know. Uh, you know, maybe in maybe if it's like uh, Avengers Endgame where you go back in time and you have control of the situation and you make sure it happens a different way. Okay, maybe then we'll we'll, we'll discuss that. But um, overall, you know, sometimes luck plays a part of it, and the Chiefs did have some luck uh, on their side. Every team that wins a championship has luck. Definitely a couple of times as the season goes along, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Um, some things you needed to go your way that were out of your control still went your way. And hey, good for the Chiefs. They took advantage when they had luck on their side, and that's what you're supposed to do. That's all you can do. I mean, realistically, you just have to play the hand you're dealt. And if you're dealt a good hand, I mean, life is great. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I think that the Chiefs did do a good job, especially down the stretch, putting themselves in positive positions as well. I mean, yeah. How many times have we looked back and thought, like, oh man, if we could have just done X, you know, we would have had a so much easier run, or you know, on paper it would look so much simpler. Uh, but it worked out, and you know, especially the fact that we were able to clinch it in Kansas City, like that's, you know, that was a special thing too. Uh, but man, it sure is a great feeling. You just looking back and knowing like everything did break right. But we made the most of it. You know, that door opened up, but we ran straight through it. You know what's funny? You and I were on this podcast earlier in the season, and I was saying, look, the Chiefs 
have to get Jalen Ramsey because I don't want to sit here and look back and say, man, what if we got Jalen Ramsey? Um, yeah. Funny enough. Glad we you know, didn't do that. No, we, we didn't acquire Jalen Ramsey. Funny enough, Marcus Peters gets traded out of uh, L.A. and goes to Baltimore and does really well there. Jalen Ramsey goes to the Rams, uh, who the Chiefs were offering two first-round draft picks for, but apparently the Jaguars did not want to send him to KC. Uh, that was at least a rumor from all the insiders. Uh, well, God but he goes, bless him for that. Yeah, yeah, he goes to the Rams, and honestly... He did not do a really good job with the Rams. Oh, he cost uh, himself money, big time. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, look, sometimes, again, you just got lucky there. Uh, you really want... I mean, and listen, maybe he comes to Kansas City and he does play much better than he did with the Rams. Again, that's for, uh, you know, a different alternate universe if that scenario exists in that universe. So, again, uh, you lucked out. You Obviously, you didn't need him in the end. Uh, and it's going to be interesting. And you know what? For Brett Veach, and we, as you said, we'll, we'll save this for next week. Brett Veach does have some things to take care of. You know, when you are a Super Bowl winning team, these are great problems to have. What are you going to do with Chris Jones? Uh, is Sammy Watkins going to take a pay cut, like he said? Uh, are you going to pay Mahomes this year, or is it going to be next year? Clark Hunt commented that it could be more than a year from now. So all of that stuff we'll discuss uh, for next week's episode. And again, I'm kind of looking forward to discussing that because these are great problems to have on a Super Bowl team, but the Chiefs obviously did celebrate downtown. Uh, five reported arrests. Uh, I don't think an official number has come out yet, but they're saying at least a million people, even though there are all these side-by-side photo comparisons with the Royals parade, and quite honestly, I don't care about any of that, man. Like, people, like, I'm seeing Patriots fans and Broncos fans, you know, compare their parades to our parades. Like, It's like, look, cool story, bro. Look at the population it, difference and shut up. Yeah, there's a population. Listen, Denver and Boston have more people. They should have a bigger turnout. There's nothing wrong with that. At the end of the day, I saw a lot of red downtown, and that's good enough for me, man. It looked like a lot of people had a damn good time. There were five reported arrests, which you know, in a when you're when you've got so many people like that downtown, and you have only five arrests. I think you ask anyone involved in law enforcement about that ratio, that is a dream ratio for that. Obviously, you want it to be zero, but unfortunately, it's not the way it works. Um, Honestly, so like, it part be- of me wonders what that ratio looks like on just you know, an average day in, you know, insert city here. Um, oh, Because sure. honestly, I think that you know, not only were they not poorly behaved, they were probably like actually quite well behaved. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. And honestly, like I'm just proud of Kansas City, you know, the way that we handled ourselves with class again, like we did after the Royals game. Like, don't get me wrong. There was some dude, you know, butt out in a tree, not maybe your best look, oh, but gosh, you know, that if that's guy. the worst we have, like, you know what? Not bad Casey. Cause I'm just looking well, at, you know, some of the other past Super Bowl winning, you know, seasons where, you know, Philadelphia burned down half their freaking city. That's a little Patriots, bit of an overstatement, but like Patriots fans know. got into a brawl last year. It's like, dude, you just won your sixth Super Bowl. Like, relax, chill. Well, that's just Boston, but yeah. yeah. Well, by the way, um, the worst thing that happened was actually the um, the driver. Uh, oh yeah, who, yeah, and thankfully no one was hurt. Uh, and major props to Kansas City Police. Like, I mean, police officers, their job is already just. It's difficult as it is, and for them to handle it the way they did, uh, mad respect to them. Uh, I, I could not do it. I mean, you've got to really know what you're doing in that situation, and they all knew what they were doing. So, much respect yeah, to the police officers. They just uh, took care of business, and then it was really kind of an. I mean, yeah, the fact that they took care of business so quickly, it very quickly became an afterthought. Oh, yeah, especially when the players came out. And obviously, you know, everyone, you know, Patrick Mahomes throwing beers, you know, even sharing a beer with a cameraman who shotgun one. At one point, he th- he chucked a beer, and people were trying to catch it, ch- basically chasing it like they're wide receivers. One mm-hmm. guy ran into a meter, a parking lot meter. Did you see this? I did see that, which, like, uh, you know, it reminded me a little of Matt it. Castle leading uh, receivers into the, you know, clutches of an oncoming oh, safety. Oh, man. But, oh, you know, was too soon. More too metal. Soon. Uh, <laughs> we just won the Super Bowl, Zach. Come on. <laughs> That's um, just what it reminded me of. Uh, no, you are right, though. Uh, you know, everyone had a damn good time. Some people complaining about the excessive drinking. It's like, look, you know, they're not driving. They're not on the wheel. They're not starting fights. I will say the only thing I took issue with is, you know, like Mahomes throwing the beer 
you know, for safety reasons, maybe not the best. The only thing I actually yeah. had a serious problem with is, you know, the, they opened their bottles and they're, you know, basically throwing the liquid out to, to fans out there. It's like, look, there could be kids in that area, so, you know, let's revert that a little bit. But come on, you know, uh, no one... Just no having one, fun. Yeah, no one got, no one died, no one got killed at the end of this. The actually, here's a serious that issue. That seems I like have. a way too low of a bar. Uh, here's a serious issue I have. Uh, Travis Kelsey referred to the Hunt family as the Clarks, and people yeah, are saying well, Debo style. Well, everyone's saying, "Oh, look, he was, he was, he was just drunk." It's like, look, Dwayne Bow was not drunk when he said this. Travis Kelsey was, so it doesn't matter whether you've had too many drinks or not. For some reason. We can't get the names of uh, the last name of the owner correctly. Uh, like, do you, can you can you figure out why, Zach? I mean, honestly, I can, uh, and I think that in a weird way, it's actually really a positive thing. I mean, if you think about, you know, they they refer to them as the Clarks, which means that most likely, whenever they're dealing with Clark, it is on a first name basis. How many owners in the NFL do you think you know, really interact with their players? And are on a first name basis with him, you know. I mean, obviously Jerry Jones does it because he's the GM, but that's not a great example. I'm just trying to think of like any others where it's like, you know, how how many times is the owner not Mister insert last name here? Um, you know, it would be true. very easy for them to be like, oh yeah, you know, really thankful for Mister Hunt. You know, da 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 da. It's like no, thankful for Clark. And it's like honestly, I think that's a better thing than not, uh, just because that shows kind of his style, and I think that. Yep, that leads to, I mean, heck, even you look at the Royals, right? When we won the World Series, it was always Mr. Glass. Oh, yeah, David. you are right. I didn't, see, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, you are right. So, like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's, it's. I, I'll be honest, that just occurred to me because I'll be honest, I thought it was kind of stupid at the time too, but it just kind of hit me there. It's like, realistically, that's probably why. Um, and it's a good thing, not a dumb thing. I mean, don't get me wrong, it is still dumb to not know his last name. That's still probably a good thing to know. But at the same time, I think there are worse things in life than that. You know, here's what this whole thing means to me. Winning a Super Bowl, coming together, uh, whether we were there or not. I was out at the parade. I, obviously, you know, you're in a different time zone. But still, we're all no, there I in wanted spirit. to fly back so bad. We're, but we're all still together in this. Uh, it, it doesn't mean you have to physically be b- beside one another. But, you know, this is just a special moment. And, you, you, Zach, you were talking earlier about how, you know, New York has had some hardships with their football teams. Even though they have those two big Super Bowl wins with the Giants over the Patriots, that is a long-distant memory now when you hear mm-hmm. all the complaints in New York about the Giants. You know what, man? Here's fair, my they have thing. been really, really bad. Oh, really bad. But as a Chiefs fan and as a Royals fan, I never thought I'd ever see those two teams win a championship. I never thought I'd see a Chiefs team win a Super Bowl. Like That's still kind of mind-boggling to say but at the end of the day, uh, you know, I think every franchise, their time will come. And you know what? We, we might be here next year. We might not be here for another 50. So just just cherish this. Enjoy it. I'm sure these players, they're going to go to their hometowns, and they're going to be welcomed with wide open arms as Super Bowl champions. I don't know if they're allowed to do like a trophy tour, take it to their hometown, like, you know, Kelsey to Ohio, Mahomes to Texas. Not sure how that all works, but... I mean, these guys are going to go to their hometowns and they're going to be embraced so much because they're Super Bowl champions. Um, it's really special. Uh, this is going to be a fun off season after last year with the Tyreek Hill drama and the way the media acted with Channel 5 and you mentioned Keatsman and all these things. Hopefully we can just have a low-key celebratory off season. I know the Chiefs are going to go back to work, but us fans don't have to do that. Um, this is our time to enjoy being reigning champions. Uh, again, we may not talk about that a year from now. Maybe we will. Maybe we're going to have to wait another 50 years. But every sports team, you know, their time will come. And there's going to be a time where we're going to be the worst team in the NFL. Hopefully it's not for a very long time, but every team uh, comes across that. The Patriots might come across some really bad years really soon. We'll see. But um, that's what it means to me. So enjoy the moment because, again... It might happen again soon. It may not happen for a while. So enjoy it while you can because it is a really special thing. No, you're you're 100% right. I mean, I'll be honest. I was watching uh, the game at one of my friend's houses. Uh, and uh, while he and I met at KU, uh, he's a Browns fan. And, like, I guess I'll leave it at that. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to, like, you know, being appreciative of these things, like, 
you know, poor guy. You know, they they had their first hope in years, which is like even sadder to say, but kind of the truth. Um, yeah, they were supposed to do you know better things this year. I mean, I think I may have even picked them as a fringe wild card team at the beginning of the year. A lot of people did. Yeah, someone can go back and run that tape. Uh, but yeah. It's we're we're incredibly fortunate here as Chiefs fans. I mean, I remember when the Royals won the World Series, thinking to myself, like, "Huh, wonder how long it'll be before the Chiefs do something like this." And honestly, like, I thought it was going to be a heck of a lot longer than it was. Um, I don't know why I thought that, but I mean, realistically, I guess at the time, you know, Mahomes was still in college, so you know, he he did truly change the franchise, and I don't mean that lightly. That's just a fact, um, and so. It will be fun now because realistically, like, he has changed the you know, trajectory of the franchise for the next you know at least call it ten years. Uh, because great quarterbacks, you know, you're never out of it. I mean, when's the last time that the Packers were truly out of it since yeah. they had Rodgers? Or you know, how long has it been since the Patriots were bad with Belichick and Brady? I mean, that's been uh, you know even in 2008 when Brady got hurt. Yeah, they still almost went to the playoffs with Castle. So like, yeah, you know, we're we're headed towards some, I think, some good years to be a Chiefs fan here. Uh, knock on wood, of course, but I think that you know, we're headed for some exciting times, but just because the future's looking bright doesn't mean it's not time to enjoy the heck out of the present because, man, we did it. We really yeah. did it. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Uh, it's just one of those things, and I had some uh, I had some friends you know, who are non-Chiefs fans. I mean, Cardinals fans, Patriots fans, uh, Steelers fans, you know, some of them obviously have, have yet to even experience a Super Bowl win. A Bears fan, uh, just people reaching out to me uh, who obviously, again, non uh, friends who are non-Chiefs fans saying, hey, congrats, uh, you know, I know you're a big Chiefs fan and I know this means a lot to you. And I, that just meant so much. And it's like, you know, you kind of felt bad too because some of those guys have never seen a Super Bowl in their lifetime or maybe they're, the team they root for, their entire franchise of existence uh, has never even seen a Super Bowl win, so it's like Lions you know, fans. Uh, you, you hope their day will come because you know how special this is as Chiefs fans, and hopefully uh, they get it as well. Uh, real quickly, um, I, I don't want to get into this too much because we got a couple of texts, and I and I don't want to get this podcast going too long. Uh, commercials this year, it was hard to kind of focus on because you we were so emotionally invested in it. I was, I thought they were still much better. Than the ones in years past. Uh, oh man, the ha- front to back, I think that they really upped their game this year. There were a lot of really yes. good ads. Yeah, a lot of good ads. Halftime show, my god, people were offended that Shakira oh. had the tongue flick. The you know they 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 sang in Spanish and oh my god, my ten year old. I'm so glad my ten year old was in the other room. You know what? If I was ten years old. And I saw that Shakira and J Lo, it would have been the greatest day of my entire life. Okay, you did your kid a disservice. And second of all, can I say something, Bro, Zach? When I was ten years old, we had Janet Jackson. That's all <laughs> I'm gonna say. <laughs> that like, is true. Well, well played. You can do the math. Listen, <laughs> let me just say something. Uh, you're a video gamer, aren't you? Yes. Okay. Not a lot, but a little uh, bit. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. You know what though? But I have like Grand Theft Auto and Call of Duty. Where you know you can plug in your microphone and interact with other players. My point oh, is, God, yeah. My point is, there are seven-year-olds, six-year-olds who are on the microphone, saying every curse word that George Carlin has spewed in that bit he did about you know the the seven the seven wor- dirty words you can't say on TV. Yeah, or yeah, on the that's the yeah violation. It's like kids know a lot. Of, listen, can we just be honest? I think a lot of kids nowadays with smartphones and you know kids now having electronics younger than we, than we did, I think they know some uh, naughty websites out there. Okay, I, I, they just highly do. likely, uh, very likely. So if you want to come on here and pretend like you know your kid needed to be shielded, no, nah, okay, but I think your kid knows a lot more than you honestly think they do. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, uh, no, I think that they're just jealous at the fact that like, dang. You know, she's my age. Now look so damn look good. At, like, if you look at the ages there, like that's impressive, man. Like, yeah, most people don't look like that at that age. That's just a fact. So there may have been a little bitterness there. Uh, let's read some text. Nine one three eight zero eight two one one nine. Lots of text. Let's try to do a speed round of these. Mike and Lee Summit. I promise I'd save your text because it was long last week. 
I'll, I'll answer a couple of these questions. I'll save the fourth question he has for later. Uh, will I ever work in sports media again? Uh, by the way, he says, you know, thanks for everything you've done with the podcast, and we'll miss it and all, and I appreciate all the commentary. Thank you. And I keep getting messages. I did Facebook Lives this week, and a lot of people were asking if I would um, keep the podcast. You know, again, I appreciate all the kind words, but we're, we're moving on, unfortunately. Um, and, and it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I've done this podcast for so long, and honestly, I'm not going to be able to commit to it. That's one thing I want people to know. Because I've asked, I've heard people ask me to keep it, but that's one reason why I can't. Uh, whereas the new podcast I'm going to do, it's not going to be as time-sensitive. But anyway, uh, will I ever work in sports media again? No. Um, I did it. Had fun, but uh, I was not happy. Uh, not making a lot of money and a lot of time I put into it. Uh, two, I missed the hot take segment. Will it ever come back? No. Uh, hot take. I, I'm going to work in sports media again. <laughs> um, That's cheating. Uh, yeah, I know. Maybe uh, we could do it for the last episode or something. Maybe. But like, realistically, how many episodes do we have left? That's the no, reason just it's a not coming back. Not because uh, it wasn't a great segment. Yeah, a lot of people loved it. Uh, people loved it. Uh, three, I loved it. Uh, you got Lee Steinberg on the podcast. Any chance Mahomes comes on? No. God, no. Uh, especially now. Uh, hot take, Again. Mahomes is coming on this podcast before it well, ends. Same issue. It's like two episodes left. No, it ain't going to happen as much as we'd love to. Nope. Uh, uh, 816, holy F, we won the Super Bowl. That's the text. A- another 816, I can't stop smiling. Seriously. Uh, neither can we. Uh, out of the 918, I am 45 years old, and I finally got to see my team win a Super Bowl. I finally have the last laugh. I get to watch my team celebrate and get funky like a monkey. Hell to the yeah. You saw a lot of people get funky to the monkey at the parade downtown. I think we are I think we have the wrong Beastie Boys song here. Like, Don't get me wrong. I like the brass <laughs> monkey as much as the next guy, but Kelsey got it right. Uh, 432 Thoughts. Uh, this is Chief from Odessa, obviously a frequent texter and obviously much appreciated, uh, whether you're just a casual texter or a frequent texter. Absolutely amazing feeling as the celestial beams shined upon our beloved Chiefs as they were holding up the Lombardi Trophy, waited 26 years to finally witness them win the big one. Uh, yeah, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people, you know, I've heard some stories about people who have seen the first one. And it is kind of cool hearing the stories, uh, but a lot of us were not around, and it is kind of cool to see the Chiefs, because uh, obviously this is a first for many of us. It feels like the first time the Chiefs have ever won a Super Bowl, because not a lot of people were around 50 years ago, but uh, it is our second one, of course. Uh, it's well, cool it to see, like though. Barely, you know, it was certainly not the spectacle that it is today. No, not at all. Not even close. Uh from the 765, um, uh, what my wife and I saw at the parade was exactly how we felt inside. Pure joy. What the celebration meant to me was the culmination of years of hope and faith in our Chiefs and in Chiefs' kingdom. That's what I said earlier, man. You know, we've gone through a lot of pain and hardships and, you know, cherish the moment. I, I see people complaining and all, and spoiler alert, we got a couple of uh, angry texts coming up. But, uh, you know, it's just... Cherish the moment, man, because like I said, this guy said he just waited what? Uh, uh, You know, uh, I just lost the text. Where was it? Uh, Or the previous text that said 26 years. One said 26, one said 45. I mean, to be honest, I know people who waited 50. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) A lot of people. A lot of people. Clark Hunt was, I think, five years old when the Chiefs lost one title. So Mm -hmm. there you go. Um, 316. Here come the angry texts, by the way. A couple of them. Uh, the parade was definitely not, uh, or let me re- reread that. The parade was definitely, was not a letdown. Okay, that's poorly worded. However, the Royals parade was 10 times pe- better. I am not sure why. Maybe the weather. What was up with the guy who fell from the tree? Uh, that guy was just not, I mean, he, I don't know. Uh, I can't I speak for stupid. my first beer. I, <laughs> that's all I'll say to that guy. I, I can't speak for stupid people. Um, 660. Oh, by the way, I've heard people compare this to the Royals and the Chiefs. Look, I'm sure the weather played a massive factor because there was snow in the forecast and all, and some people decided not to go, and, and that's okay. Me, personally, I think the best view is honestly from home because you get to see everything. Maybe not in person, but you do get to see everything and tweet about it as it's happening. I was not tweeting as much. I was just at work, you know, watching, you know, on my phone, and it's in the background, so I got to enjoy all of that. Uh... 660. To be fair, I'll take full credit. I think this parade just wasn't as awesome because I wasn't able to be there. No, that's part but of it. Yeah, there you know. go. <laughs> to be honest, like, in all, you know, all, all kidding aside, I think that 
it certainly looked like the players had a lot more fun on this one. That's all I'm going to say. 660, I'm about to rant. The parade was amazing. The guys had fun and still made time for their fans. Uh, which, by the way, was cool. Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark and a few other defensive guys, they just got out of their buses and started dancing on the streets, high-fiving with fans, which was cool. Uh, mm -hmm. But if one more holier then thou judgmental Judy talks crap on these young men for drinking and enjoying themselves, I may snap. They worked their asses off all year and partied uh, and partied one day. Now all these, quote, Karens, I love that, Karens, mm -hmm. want to talk bad. You wasn't, I guess I was supposed to say you weren't, you weren't talking crap while you was watching them win. Don't come if you can't leave your judgmental attitudes at home. Man, you I, you can definitely tell some people sent in these texts after the parade, uh, depending on how many drinks they had. Uh, you know, look, uh, you can't please everyone, man. You and I were talking about this. The Chiefs won a Super Bowl, and people are angry that Trump congratulated the wrong state. You know, uh, people are angry because the players were drinking. It's like, even though the Chiefs just won a, their first Super Bowl in 50 freaking years, you got people crying. Now, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I just think it's kind of funny the way that some of those things, you know, blew up. But also, I love the fact that there's already the shirt out there that has, you know, the outline of the state of Missouri. Oh, uh, yes. And then it just says, you know, I forget exactly what it says, but, you know, the great state of Kansas. Or yeah, the great like state that. of Kansas. Yep. That was great. Uh, the, the internet always wins in the, in the, in the end. Uh, someone's obviously making money from that tweet, uh, which is mm -hmm. great. Uh, last text, and uh, it's fitting. It's from a frequent texter. Let's end on a positive note. Daniel in Florida, 626. I had a little doubt about the game late in the fourth, but I kept saying we just need one big play. Then Mahomes finds Hill third and 15, and I just had a feeling we were going to win after that. Now, if only the sports media can just give the Chiefs credit instead of saying the 49ers blew it. Well, look, both things happened, and 49ers fans are crying about the... The you know passing yell was offsides. Uh, there was a false start pl uh, a player of Lyman who committed a false start penalty that was missed by the refs. So, uh, by the way, Garoppolo was supposed supposedly in bounds, even or excuse me, out of bounds, even though he was clearly in bounds when he was hit by Fuller or whoever that was. Look, 49ers fans, they blew a 10 point lead late in the game, and they're just looking to blame the refs, which. It's comical at all to me, but hey, you know, they blew the lead and the Chiefs capitalized on that. That's all they can do. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I feel for 49ers fans. I really do. Like, uh, me too. Me too. It, it's got to hurt. Because to be honest, like, I was already starting to rationalize a little bit. Like, ah, oh, man, like, where do we go from here? You know, what's going to happen? You know, like, ah, oh, great. Are they just going to label Mahomes a choke artist now, too? Like, ah. Like, you just kind of like, you know, you have all those thoughts run through your head, or at least I did, yeah. uh, when we were down 10. And then, you know, all of a sudden, I don't have to think about them anymore, which is awesome. Yeah, uh, thank so goodness. I do feel for the Niners fans there, but I do think it's a little ridiculous the way that, you know, some of them are complaining about the refing, And, you know, especially the richest one of all of those was the fact that Mike Florio was complaining about the fact that oh, Droppolo was hit on the run. And I'm just like, I... I, I I almost have nothing to say just because, like, he's doing are you that intentionally. right now, Clark? Like, come on. You know it he's doing that intentionally. He, you, you know, he, you know that. Look, but we like, all know if what you're going to troll, at least be funny about it. Like, I agree. He just comes across as kind of an asshole. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's Mike Florio. What are you going to do? <laughs> In any event, Zach, this is fun, man. We finally got to enjoy Super Bowl. And on this great podcast, the very first Chiefs podcast to hit the net, uh, we we are here recapping a Super Bowl win. Thirteen. I'll be honest, man. Like years. I I know when you know, you mentioned that you you were wrapping up the podcast at the end of the season. You know, I remember we were talking about it. It's like you know, who knows? Maybe we'll send it off with a Super Bowl. Like, and I know I said that at the time. <laughs> you did. I don't think I ever actually thought that it would happen that way. I, like, I, I thought was the prepping same. in the back of my head for it to not work that way. But then there was still that little bitty voice in the back of my head, like, you know, like the kid from Angels in the Outfield, where it's like, you know, it could happen. It could happen, yes, exactly. And it did, and I'm so glad that it did. Bummed well, that, that is it's awesome. coming to an end, but, you know, going out with a blaze of glory, my friend. That is, that's what I was hoping for, but absolutely was not expecting, so it's great to see. Uh, in any event, 
the Chiefs are Super Bowl champions. I'm sure we'll talk about the aftermath of all the celebrations. Uh, we'll also talk about the offseason. What are the Chiefs going to do with Chris Jones? What are they going to do with Sammy Watkins, Mahomes, and a few other players out there? And also, the XFL starts this weekend. The AAF folded midseason last year. How is the XFL going to do? We'll talk about what ratings they'll get. And I'm sure we'll have much more to discuss. 913-808-2119. Big thanks to all of you who texted in. So be sure you text in for the next episode as well. Just a couple of episodes left. And uh, I'll also have details next week about the new podcast that will be coming out. Text line again, 913-808-2119. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Farzine21 at Zsega. And again, follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash And Thank you guys so much for all the interaction. It's been super awesome. Uh, and enjoy the Super Bowl victory. You know, enjoy your weekend. Relish in the moment. Talk to you next week.